Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 20. Running was not something Filthy Henry had ever enjoyed doing. Yet lately it seemed to be taking up large portions of his life. True, the running did give him improved chances of survival, and medically a little exercise never hurt anybody. But he was starting to pine for the days when he never ran. His main problem with running was that it made you tired, meaning it was little more than a stalling tactic when facing a stoker. A whoosh of air from behind indicated that St. Ochre had moved at vampiric speed. The sound travelled overhead and was punctuated by stones cracking as something heavy slammed into them from above. In the blink of an eye, the empty street ahead was crowded with one vampire writer grinning like a wolf. Filthy Henry looked about quickly, searching for a side street that they could use as a means of escape. Shopfronts ruined the horizon of possibilities. St. Ochre had landed in the perfect position, blocking them completely. They had no hope of running around him. His vampire speed would have made the attempt as futile as a hare racing against a steroid-enhanced tortoise. The fairy detective wheeled around, making sure his grip on Shelley's hand was tight, and ran back the way they had come. Can't we just use magic? Shelley asked, panting as they ran. Not enough to take him down. Need to weaken him somehow, Filthy Henry said. Why? You have some magic I can borrow? I sort of used all of mine up, escaping from him the last time. Another whoosh. Another destroyed section of pavement, and St. Ochre was once more in front of them. He had jumped sooner this time, preventing them from even reaching the spot where they had started running in the first place. Tick-tock, half-breed. That was starting to annoy Filthy Henry. Of all the races the Stoker had no right to call him a half-breed. Not to mention that he and Abe had been associates. Just because a man had his plans of becoming the all-time bestseller ruined was no reason to resort to derogative name-calling. Once more, Filthy Henry spun around to run the other way. However, as he reached the exact halfway mark of the move, he slowed down slightly and listened. There was the rush of air as St. Ochre jumped again. The fairy detective continued wheeling around, essentially turning on the spot, and ran up the street. A perfectly simple ruse, one he had not expected the vampire author to fall for. Filthy Henry was yanked backwards and slammed into the ground, the wind knocked out of him. Shelley's hand was ripped out of his grasp. He rolled over onto his stomach and looked up. St. Ochre had grabbed Shelley as he jumped over them, and was holding her by the neck a foot above the ground. She was kicking at the air, clawing at his fingers and trying to break free. One less loose end to tie up, the vampire rider said. We were going to kill you, then one of the lads was going to track down Shelley and finish her off. I know, I know, we had a deal. But I never said I wouldn't get one of my workers to clean up loose ends. Little wordplay trick I learned from you. Besides, you would have been dead. Hardly the best position to notice such changes to agreements. Alas. You'll just have to bear witness. With a flick of his wrist, St. Ogre snapped Shelley's neck. Her lifeless form dangled from his fingers for a moment before he discarded her body like a morbid banana skin, throwing it to the ground. Such a pity. 
I bet her blood tasted fantastic. It happened so fast that Filthy Henry had no time to react. He couldn't scream, couldn't shout or plea for mercy. One second Shelley was alive, struggling to breathe. The next her lifeless corpse was just more litter on Grafton Street. He couldn't believe it. Deep inside, in a place that Filthy Henry had never been aware of, a powerful ball of emotion sought to be heard. It whispered promises of vengeance and justice, and the iron-cold resolve required to make sure everyone got what they deserved. All it asked in return was to be let out, let loose, let drive the body it inhabited for only a few minutes. Only a few minutes. So what could happen in a few minutes? Filthy Henry closed his eyes and agreed to the internal request. He didn't care where it came from or what it was. If it could give him revenge, it was welcome. Without a second thought, he allowed the inner voice to take control. Suddenly magic coursed through every fibre of his being with such strength as he had never felt before. It was almost as if his body had been lying to him all these years, showing him only the barest amount of potential to make sure he never got any bright ideas. But now as Filthy Henry's rage sought an outlet, his body had decided to bend the rules. Just this once. Every muscle was infused with energy, every limb powered up beyond all reckoning. The fairy detective opened his eyes and saw the world through a magical haze of pure, raw power fueled by the darkest emotions buried deep within a man's soul. His hands started burning with a bright blue light, dark trails of magical energy sparking off them into the air. He felt powerful, ready to do anything and destroy everything. Right then the world was his plaything, and he had just been given a new set of fully charged batteries. Pounding both his fists into the ground, Filthy Henry fired himself up into a standing position. The street now sported two new potholes that cracked for a few seconds with magical energy. He looked at St. Ochre as the vampire slowly walked towards him without a care in the world. The sight of Shelley behind the vampire rider caused another surge of power to run through Filthy Henry's body. He screamed, rushing towards St. Ochre with his right hand in the air, ready to throw a punch. For a moment St. Ochre seemed to not register what was happening. Normally humans ran away from vampires. It was instinct. Then his eyes widened as he clearly realised that Filthy Henry was moving at a greatly enhanced speed. The punch caught St. Ochre completely off guard. Filthy Henry poured every ounce of strength and magic he could into the right hook, aimed it at St. Ochre's jaw and let rip. The magically encased hand slammed into the vampire's face and kept on going, lifting St. Ochre off his feet and sending him careening down the street. He crashed into the ground and slid along the stone surface, leaving a trail of broken bricks and cobblestones in his wake. The fairy detective did not wait. He leapt into the air like a superhero leapfrogging over a tall building, brought both his arms up at the peak of his jump and pounded them on top of St. Ochre as he landed. Punches rained down on St. Ochre, smashing him in the face. How could you? Filthy Henry screamed. Henry! Another voice shouted. Henry stopped pounding the vampire in the face. It met resistance from some unseen force that wrapped around his blue glowing arm. Filthy Henry looked at his fist. His fairy vision turned up to a level he never knew it could be, and saw the magical blue flames on his hand were being pushed backwards by tiny little rainbows and multicoloured shamrocks. 
a spell had been cast and aimed directly at him, the trajectory of the spell leading back up the street. The fairy detective followed the trail of energy and saw Labour Khan, surrounded by his rainbow guards standing in the middle of Grafton Street, beside Shelley's body. Each of the brightly dressed leprechauns had both hands pointed at the fairy detective, magically restraining him. Sweat was pouring down their faces. Filthy Henry registered surprise for a moment. Leprechauns were full-blood fairies, teeming with magical power. One of them would have been able to hold a human half-breed back with ease. Yet an entire Rainbow Guard were seemingly having trouble keeping Filthy Henry immobile. Just how much raw power is in me, the fairy detective thought as he struggled to land another punch. The Rainbow Guard visibly moved an inch forward as they were tugged along by the collective spell. Stand down, Henry, Leprechaun ordered. The Leprechaun King was not adding his own magic to that of his guards, but looked like he was considering it. For the first time in his life, Filthy Henry saw concern on Leprechaun's face. If it was taking seven powerful fairies to keep one half-breed at bay, something had obviously gone terribly awry. The momentary pause in delivering righteous justice had caused the flow of power in Filthy Henry's body to subside slightly. Calm returned to his thinking, the magical blood rage fading a little. Beneath him, St. Ochre let out a groan of pain, blood streaming from everywhere on the vampire's face. Well, what was left of his face? The parts that were not swollen and bruised were battered and bleeding. Filthy Henry pitied the creature a little. Vampires were used to dealing out pain. Rarely had one received so much of it from a less powerful being. The spell coming from the Rainbow Guard pushed Filthy Henry back a few inches, the strain on their faces lessening. As suddenly as it had come over the fairy detective, the magically fueled strength vanished. His hands stopped burning with blue flames and the world returned to normal. He let go of St. Ochre's collar, dropping the unconscious vampire writer to the ground and stood up. The holding spell was released and the Rainbow Guard stood down. The yellow one fell over, clearly exhausted from the effort of controlling magic. Leprechaun walked down the street towards Filthy Henry, glancing at Shelley's corpse. Well, it certainly looks like you've got your daddy's temper as well, Leprechaun said, indicating the bloody mess that was St. Ogre. I never knew you had it in you. The magic or the maniac. He stared at the blood-covered body on the ground, clearly disturbed. That was quite the display of violence. Checking his internal magical reserves, Filthy Henry was surprised to learn that he was still an eighth full. A show of power like that should have emptied him and put him into a magical-induced coma. It scared him a little to think that such a dark emotion as anger was able to unleash so much raw power in him. It made him wonder if the rumour about who his father was had some truth to it. But none of that mattered now. Shelley was dead. It would be time later to find out about his father. Right now was for mourning her. Filthy Henry looked back at the Rainbow Guard. They had taken a defensive stance, forming a semicircle at one end of the street. Leprechaun had stopped walking and was standing two feet away from the fairy detective. None of the leprechauns had any magic or spells at the ready. Filthy Henry noted this and let it sink in as an idea formed in his head. He started to slowly conjure a fireball in his hand, 
keeping it behind his back so that nobody else could see. The levels of power kept to a minimum as it built up, delaying any chance of detecting the spell. So, Leprechaun said, where's my crack of gold? I'm guessing the stoker of all stokers was involved somehow. Filthy Henry gave the king of the leprechauns a condensed summary of what had happened. How the stokers had been involved, why humans had been used, even what St. Ochre had planned to use the mother croc for. Unsurprisingly, Leprechaun was not impressed that his croc of gold had been stolen for such a pointless reason. As a race, Leprechauns preferred their stories to come from bards instead of books. It's in a basement on Dawson Street, the fairy detective finished. A rainbow guard, the red one, vanished in a puff of smoke and reappeared a second later holding the mother croc in his arms. At a nod from Leprechaun, the entire rainbow guard vanished, taking the mother croc with them. Ah, it'll be in a safer location now, Leprechaun told Filthy Henry. One with an improved rainbow protecting it. Funny how something completely colourblind could penetrate a spell that had been around since the old times. Well, what about him? Filthy Henry asked, nudging the unconscious St. Ochre with the toe of his shoe. His spell was just about ready to be cast, the heat from the fireball warming his hand. I suppose we do have a situation there, all right, Leprechaun said, scratching his chin through his beard. He has broken a lot of the rules. Filthy Henry acted before Leprechaun could stop him. Srahan, he said, pouring as much hatred and power into the spell as he could, while aiming his left hand at St. Ochre. The vampire's body burst into flames, disintegrating quickly into a mound of blackened ash, as Filthy Henry kept the spell in place until a light breeze carried the black specks away. When it was gone, all that was left on the cobbles of Grafton Street was a dark smudge that outlined a man's shape on the ground. Filthy Henry felt no remorse or guilt at all. He closed his hand, stopping the spell, and looked down at Leprechaun. Anything to say on that? he asked. Leprechaun took a minute to stop staring at the spot where St. Ogre had been. He slowly turned his head to look up at Filthy Henry and shook once in the negative. Filthy Henry said nothing and walked away from the Leprechaun, down the street to where Shelley's body lay. The sight of the lifeless woman brought a tear to his eye. It had been a long time since somebody had managed to work their way into his life so deeply. He avoided making friends or even associates that were mortal, human, because they had no real reason to get mixed up in the fairy world. They were either in danger all the time from a fairy with a grudge, or they died from old age and left him alone again. But Shelley had been different, and for the life of him, the fairy detective was not sure why that was. So, uh, about your, your payment, Leprechaun said, staying in the same spot and looking at Filthy Henry fearfully. He had tucked his cane underneath his left arm, and both his hands had the glow of a prepared spell in them. Precautions were clearly being taken. Your debt's been cleared as agreed. Plus, you have one wish. I'm guessing you will have me grant what you've always desired. The fairy detective kept staring at Shelley's face. He had almost forgotten about the payment for completing the case. Debt free, and with one reality-altering wish in the bag. A wish to fulfil that which he had desired since the age of twenty. Being a half-breed, 
let alone the only half-breed was tough. You never really fitted into either world. Humans would never understand your troubles, and fairies saw you as nothing but trouble. Neither world wanted you, and yet you had to find a way to fit into both. Every half-breed would have the same wish, to not be a half-breed, to become a full-blood fairy, to finally fit into a world at last. Filthy Henry looked up from Shelley's corpse and wiped away the tears from his eyes. Then he made his wish. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 21 The funeral service had been, well, a service. Some lovely words were said. A bit of dirt was thrown onto the lid of a coffin, and a nice bunch of flowers had been placed beside a big hole in the ground. After it had all been said and done, Filthy Henry remained by the graveside and let out a yawn that he had been suppressing for the past fifteen minutes. He had a dislike of funerals as a rule. Funerals made things seem very final, but this one in particular had been a tough one to get through. Well, that was bloody pointless, he said, pulling out a chocolate bar from his coat pocket and opening it. He broke off a piece and popped it in his mouth. The priest gave him a dirty look before closing his Bible and walking away from the grave, heading in the direction of the car park. Well, it meant something to me, Shelley said, dabbing at her eyes with a handkerchief. I wanted to say goodbye to my friend properly. It was nice of the priest to give her the last rites. Supposedly they only do that sort of thing for people. Filthy Henry looked down at the tiny grave and chewed thoughtfully on a piece of chocolate in his mouth. It had been a nice ceremony for Kitty Purry. There was no denying that. Plus, he did get a nasty chuckle from the fact that a priest had just given the last rites to a fairy. Those were two sets of people that just never mixed because of such wildly contrasting beliefs. He glanced over at Shelley as she stared down at the tiny coffin. Filthy Henry had figured it was wiser not to let her know she had died. People tended to get all caught up in emotions when they found out they had been brought back to life. Sometimes they ran around the place preaching to anybody that would listen. Messiah madness would set in, and they would try and convince the world that every religious belief was spot on the money. It was a nightmare to keep quiet. That was why it took the reality-altering power of a leprechaun wish to pull a resurrection off correctly. Any other race generally just wound up creating a zombie. Only good for drooling all over the furniture, washing the dishes. If you could get them to stop gnawing on people's brains, of course. But to see Shelley up and about again, even if she had no memory of actually dying, was a wish well spent as far as Filthy Henry was concerned. Besides, there would always be other opportunities to trick Labour Con into giving him another wish. One that could be used to make the fairy detective a full fairy. Of that he had no doubt. Do you want me to get some coffee? Shelley asked him, looping her arm in around his. After all, big magical battle last night. Bound to need to recharge the magic batteries. Maybe talk about why you killed Bram Stoker. Filthy Henry looked over at her and smiled. Yes to the food, but not a hope about the other bit. 
let's just say that he deserved it when he, uh, you know, knocked you out. Well, I thought he had done something much worse. Sort of lost control. Anger issues, yada yada. A leerling flew down, stopped on the opposite side of Kitty Purry's grave, and transformed into human form. Filthy Henry, he said, nodding politely to Shelley. What about it? Filthy Henry asked. Well, I've been sent to hire you. A case. A case? Shelley let go of the fairy detective's arm and pulled out a notepad from her coat pocket. So what are the details? Hold on, what are you doing? Filthy Henry asked her. I'm taking notes, she replied, like any good partner does. Go on, Filthy Henry said to the leerling, frowning at Shelley. Well, there's a haunted bus, the leerling said, and somebody figured you'd be the best person to sort it out. Sort of falls into your area of expertise. Filthy Henry broke off another chunk of chocolate, popped it into his mouth and started chewing. He smiled at Shelley. Well, first you get me the lunch, Filthy Henry said. Then we go and have a look at this case. Does that sound like a plan? Shelley stopped writing in her notepad and looked up at him. Sure thing, she said, with a half-smile. Partner? The fairy detective grinned, reaching over and taking the notepad and pen out of her hands. He tossed them into the grave. Ha! Hell no, Filthy Henry said. He turned around and made for the graveyard entrance. You have been listening to Filthy Henry the Fairy Detective, a novel by Derek Power, narrated by Niall Milton. If you enjoyed this serialised podcast, feel free to drop us a line or rate or subscribe. More adventures from Filthy Henry are available on Amazon Kindle. We will leave you for now with the complete version of the Filthy Henry theme, composed by Niall Milton. <laughs>